Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma, and thanks for checking into I Want to Be A, where we complete that sentence each episode by bringing you a different professional for each time, giving you some inside knowledge and advice on what it takes to succeed in that particular field. Today on LJN Radio, I Want to Be a Market Research Analyst. Now, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics predicts a substantial continued growth in this profession through 2020. So if you like math, enjoy analyzing some data, there's definitely a spot waiting for you. Joining us now from the New York area to talk about this field is Dan Coates. Dan is currently the president of Y-Pulse and is a board member of the Council of American Survey Research Organizations. Thanks for coming on today, Dan. Thanks, Tim. Obviously, as I mentioned, you're being the president of your own organization right now, uh, but we did want to get an idea of what you've done in your career and, and why, of course, we brought you on to talk with us today. So if you could fill the listeners in a little bit on your professional career. Yeah. I started my career as a market research analyst, and uh, that was 22 years ago, if you can believe it. But I spent the first five years as an analyst working within larger organizations. I started my career up in Vancouver, Canada, but since then, my career has taken me from Vancouver, Canada, to Toronto, Canada, to San Francisco, California, to Cincinnati, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, and now I've spent the last 10 years here in New York. But um, you know, the, uh, the, it all started with market research analysis. And it was a really interesting path through the uh, ranks, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, If you start at the market research analyst position, you kind of understand the core inner workings of how data becomes insight and knowledge. And uh, I've definitely benefited from that. Well, it's interesting. uh, You mentioned the the different regions. You're all over the place. And I don't want to get off topic too quickly, but can you fill us in? Maybe are there a lot of differences in working in Canada versus the West Coast and then, you know, down, down south, basically, and then out east? And I mean... Any differences there? I'm just curious because you brought that up. Yeah, I, I would say this. The market research industry had, back when we used to collect data via telephone, you used to have very regional sort of uh, focal points. Okay. So, you know, being the pollster for Canada was the first job that I had. Then I moved down to Silicon Valley to be the guy who helped uh, the um, tech industry understand their consumer base. Sure. Uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Ohio is, of course, the birthplace of Procter & Gamble. And so consumer packaged goods, you know, there's a real focus on that in that area. And so really it's, it's interesting in that you get to, as a market research analyst or as somebody in the market research industry, you're really a consultant to organizations to help them better understand their customers, what drives their business. And so as you um, focus on different industries, high tech, consumer packaged goods, you basically find yourself gravitating towards where the center of mass is for those different industries. Mm-hmm. And then you help them understand it. And I've always felt that being a researcher allowed me to sort of peer into one industry after another, one company after another. In fact, many people will start off as a market research analyst within a consulting firm that, that provides services to a company and then find their way into that company. We have uh, staff at Y-Pulse. One of our biggest clients is MTV. And it's a real easy path for them to go from servicing MTV within our organization Mm -hmm. then becoming a part of the MTV organization if that's what really mattered to them most. Uh, I always liked the opportunity to be able to understand different industries, spend a little time with this company, spend a little time with that company. So I never really felt like there was one company that I really wanted to work for. But other people in our industry, definitely it's a path. If you can't get in the door at Apple, you know, being the research vendor to Apple is the next best thing. And maybe you'll find your way there eventually. Yeah. And that's one thing I found. I mean, just, and obviously just you talking and describing your path a little bit, that it does seem like there's plenty of opportunity out there, different industries, different fields, as you've mentioned. So I think that's something that our listeners 
should definitely pay attention to. I want to sort of go back to where it all started for you. Was there something that attracted you to this industry? Is there, is there a, I don't know, something that piqued your interest or somebody you were looking up to? I guess, how did it all kind of start in terms of uh, your career? Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, I fell backwards into the market research industry okay. and, and didn't intend to, sure. to be there. And in fact, it's not a it's not an industry that people know a lot about. Um, and if you think through your list of friends, how many of them are market researchers? So, so there's no TV shows about market researchers. <laughs> there's, you know, there, there's, there's little exposure right. until you get into the world of business or into college. I went through a college program that, that uh, basically, when you came out the other end of it, you were either an actuarial scientist running mortality tables for life insurance companies, or you were a market researcher. Okay. And so um, I had all intention of going on to uh, get a law degree. I wanted to be a lawyer. And so it was summertime. A company was hiring a market research analyst. I, you know, I'm not proud to say it, but I kind of lied when I said that I wanted the job <laughs> on a permanent basis. I thought this will get me through the summer and then I'll start law school. Right. But three months later, I, I was calling law school, telling them to hold my place for a year that I had something interesting that I was doing instead. And then a year after that, I called them and said, don't bother. I'm here for the rest of my life. And my guess is you, uh, you're glad that that happened and you wouldn't have changed a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, nothing against lawyers. I think, I think they uh, provide you know, a valuable service in life. But I think market research you know, blends well with my curiosity, the fact that I love to learn more about different businesses and different business models, uh, as well as the fact that uh, it, it really is, as you've pointed out, a booming industry. When I started in the market research industry, it was sort of what you did if you couldn't make it in the advertising world. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, advertising is kind of what you do if you can't make it in the market research industry. The, the rise of data and the importance of you know, science and you know, just numerically understanding the world around us has become so much more popular over the last 20 years that uh, it's a sexy industry. People seek it out and look for the opportunity to be able to you know, really dig into the numbers and understand what's going on in an industry. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into the profession a little bit because obviously we've been using the term market research analyst. And, and as you said, how many people do we know actually are in these positions? Do people know what this means? So how would you define the idea of what a market research analyst actually is? So a market research analyst is somebody who takes a very quantitative perspective on understanding the world around them. Uh, so as you said, if you like math, if you like statistics, uh, a market research analyst will take data, and data can come, I'll talk about that in a second, from a number of different places. But let's say for now, take market research data, you know, survey data when somebody asks questions mm -hmm. uh, on the internet or over the telephone. All of that results in, you know, ones and zeros, bits and bytes, that then the market research analyst will take and process uh, in order to develop an understanding of what's going on. So each person's individual responses are then aggregated so let's say that now we've talked to 1,000 people, and at an overall level, those 1,000 people, you know, 55% of them might want the color blue, and 45% of them might want the color red for a new product that they're, that's being launched. Mm -hmm. But then what a market research analyst will do is kind of slice and dice a little bit beyond that. You know, what do males think versus females? Sure. Um, what, do, what do different races? Uh, race is always an important factor when we're looking at things, because sometimes your target market will favor one race versus another based on just geographical or local uh, representation, education, income, your age. And, and my firm nowadays, uh, Y-Pulse, is focused on generation. Sure. So kids that are listening to this show thinking about their careers, they're all members of the millennial generation. Millennials were born from 82 to 2004. 
And my firm specializes on understanding how people in, in that generation view the world. And generations tend to view the world very differently. Boomers look at it one way, Xers another, millennials a different way still. Mm-hmm. So for the companies we work for, we help them understand how people just like our listeners view their products and services, where they see opportunities, how they'd like to change things moving forward. It definitely sounds fascinating. And it's interesting to me. I'm a, I'm a big baseball guy, so I love statistics and, and dissecting the numbers, as you kind of said. So maybe maybe this should be a, a career down the road for myself. I don't know. We'll see you what know, happens. Um, <laughs> I had the chance during my career to meet Billy Bean, who, who is the um, manager of the Oakland A's, yep. and took a very statistical approach. If you've seen Moneyball, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. If you have seen it, you'll know that Moneyball and, and um, the way Billy Bean approaches things is not only analyzing, you know, he's a, he's a market research analyst and the people that work for him do exactly the same mm-hmm. jobs that we do for different industries. But the, the most exceptional thing about Billy Bean is he didn't just take the, the standard metrics of earned run average and uh, RBI and all that kind of stuff. He developed his own metrics and managed to see the trends before it was obvious to everybody else. So he, he builds winning baseball teams by just going up the pipeline a little bit. What are the metrics that precede the ones that everybody else is watching so that he can build a team on the cheap that overperform? Well put. I, I appreciate your knowledge on that side of things. And uh, yeah, as you said, the book and I mean, the movie's entertaining as well, but I, and most people lean towards the book. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely if you're interested in the market research side, I like that connection that you've made there. Uh, with that side of things. Let's walk through maybe a typical day of what a, a market research analyst might do um, if we're looking at maybe some sort of project or if there's something on the table. Uh, just to give people an idea, I, obviously you broke it down a little bit as far as uh, how we would describe it, but what might it look like on that day-to-day basis or uh, you know, if somebody was looking into a profession like this? Most of your time is spent on a computer. And so back when we first started, there are statistical packages that are, that are used by uh, market research analysts uh, the two most famous or popular ones are SPSS and another one called SAS, although there's, some, there's been some innovation. There's a new one called R. But basically, you'll use these statistical packages to run analyses and routines. So the first and most obvious one is, is tabulation. So what, what percent of people across those different categories that you might be examining, mm-hmm. you know, how did they answer each question or how do they break out in terms of you know, customer usership? So then from there, that, those are called univariate statistics. Univariate statistics are percentages and means and, and things that allow you to sort of divide the population. Okay. But then you'll use these other uh, techniques. They're called multivariate techniques. The same software packages, SPSS and SAS, you know, perform these, these sort of higher level analyses. But there are things like factor analysis, correlations analysis, k-means clustering analysis. And what these do is, instead of just telling you on any one given variable how people break out, it takes and it looks for the relationships between variables, so multivariate, and it'll basically say, okay, when we look at all the undercurrents and the streams and the connections within the data, here's the story, here's what's going on. And so we'll do, uh, within our firm, the analysts are happiest when they've gotten the detailed tables out of the way. We don't really print them anymore. That We used to print them. They used to be as big as a phone book when I was starting my career. <laughs> right. But they deliver it via Excel. And then basically, we would look through these Excel files, create PowerPoint decks that show the trends, that, that make recommendations. And then they're happiest when they get to go to that multivariate level. And really sort of, it's almost like looking through the surface of a lake and seeing what's going on down towards the bottom. Um, and, and then 
taking and connecting those and explaining them to the customer. So, for instance, you know, you'll take uh, con- the results of a conjoint analysis and you'll say, here are the features that this tablet computer needs to have in order for people to want to pay $500 for it. Hmm. Or you'll look at a segmentation analysis and you'll say, you know, really the marketplace breaks down into these five distinct categories. The target market for you are these three out of the five. Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to these other two. And then within these three, here's how you'll communicate and talk to those people in a way that aligns with their values, with their behaviors. And if you say it this way, they'll be interested. And if you don't say it that way, they won't be interested. <laughs> so when you're working on something, I mean, what, what, what do you see as the most important aspect or the, the most important function of, of your position as a, as a research analyst? I, I mean, I, I don't know how I just to phrase it any better than that, but what are yeah. you really looking at? What are you looking to accomplish as far as being that number one goal? So what you're trying to deliver is an understanding and an understanding that will give your client an advantage. And it works in politics. It works in commerce. It works in public policy. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to say, listen, you know, if you look at the marketplace, there's a, you get a lot of signals, and a lot of them are telling you to do this, and a lot of them are telling you to do that. But if you focus down, here's the path forward. Here's the understanding or the aha that will allow you to walk into the marketplace and have an outsized advantage. You know, the Obama campaign in 2008 was a clear opportunity for a candidate to go in and see the things that the other people weren't seeing, act on them, and then you know win by a landslide as a result. And so it's the same thing where if you can kind of go into a situation and you can understand it at a level that's beyond other people's understanding, well, then you win. You win every time. <laughs> and so a lot of industries have figured this out. A lot of companies have figured this out. And so marketing research in general is this strategic advantage, this, this uh, ability to compete at a higher level. And if you look at the companies that use market research to make their decisions, they outperform from a stock perspective, from a marketplace perspective. So market research analysts really provide that, you know, it starts with data, you know, Mm -hmm. just who answered what, and then you sort of turn that into, you know, uh, insights where basically you've said, okay, when you take all the data and you mix it and you mash it and you slice it and you dice it, here's the core of what's going on and here's the path forward for you. And then that understanding is what the company uses to compete. When we're talking about all these, obviously, you're, as you mentioned, you're in front of a computer, you're analyzing this data, you're uh, with all the information you have in front of you. When we're talking about your, your work day, quote unquote, I mean, is it, are you working typical business hours? Are you, are you pushing, you know, are you working different times of day, night? I guess, how does that all work? Because people are always curious, is this your typical office job or are you really taking things home? And I, I guess, how would you break it down as far as when that work is done? Yeah, generally speaking, it's, you know, it's a process and that process usually takes a couple of weeks from start to finish. Okay. And your part as a market research analyst is, you know, after the data has been collected, then a file is handed to you that you process in the analytical packages. And then sometimes you're involved in the, you know, making the uh, research come to life in PowerPoint or in videos or in some kind of presentation format. But usually as an analyst, there's like a, within a, two-week process, there's a three-day period where the spotlight's all on you. Sure. You're getting things put together for the next person in the chain to then be able to you know, communicate that to the client or present that to the client. And so you, know, you have usually um, a lot of days where you know, it's no problem, it's nine to five, but every once in a while when the spotlight's on you, particularly if you're a really ambitious and motivated person, you, know, you want to take your time to shine, you want to really dig in, 
And so I would say that our analysts generally have a pretty decent lifestyle, good work-life balance. Uh, but then every once in a while, something really exciting comes into the room, and we're all there until 8 o'clock at night, pouring over it, figuring out what it means. But, but not like, oh, you know, we've got to stay late, but more of a, let's figure this out, let's understand this, let's cut it open. Right. And then once you've figured it out, there's this tremendous sense of relief. You, you know, you move it down the line, you go home, you know, feeling really fulfilled and happy, like you've made a contribution, you made a difference in the world. I think that's something people would expect that the way you broke it down there as far as, uh, you know, I think nobody has a problem with, as you said, trying to hit that deadline and it feels good at the end. So I think that that's a, that's a good way to break it down. We appreciate that side of things. When we're looking at individuals that are you know interested in this field and are going to be successful, what kind of skills, what type of personality would you say are going to fit best uh, to be in a position like this? Our number one criteria when we're talking to a market research analyst is curiosity. Hmm. Are you interested in finding out more? Are you interested in digging in and understanding something? And, and curiosity is actually something that uh, not everybody has. Some people are happy to take it as it is, shrug their shoulders and move on. Other people want to understand why. You know, um, it's not just enough to be told, okay, this is how it is and this is how it works. They want to know why. They want to kind of figure out the different levers of the mechanics of the system or the process. And they want to, they want actually, in some cases, want to see if, you know, if I put my finger on this point in the process, how does that change things? In fact, many times within my career as a market research analyst, we would not only create understanding, then we would create economic models where I'll use a, a, a real example where we would help people understand the pricing for their products. And then we would get a chance to see as they executed on that, if they changed their price from $8 to $10 mm-hmm. was what we said actually right. And so, a little bit, of, you know, a lot of curiosity, uh, an understanding that there's processes, and then, and then maybe a little bit of a sense of curiosity enough to see that if I manipulate the process, does that change the outcome? Sure. So it's definitely a scientific kind of pursuit, very numerical, very mathematical. You know, numbers drive everything. There is a totally different field within the market research industry that's called qualitative, that's more focus groups and you know, sitting with people and talking with them and through right. conversation coming to an understanding. But for a market research analyst, it's all about the numbers. So definitely mathematical skills, you know, statistical skills that, that help you kind of, again, take your curiosity and your interest in seeing what outcomes can be manipulated and, and using that to advantage. Well, another couple of terms that I had seen, obviously doing a little bit of research for this and uh, even on the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics site as well, the idea of analytical skills and critical thinking skills. And I think people hear those and they, they have an idea, okay, I guess I understand what that is. Is there a way that you can describe it for the listeners? Like how, how, would you, I just, how would you explain what that means to have analytical skills or critical thinking skills? Like an example? Or, I mean, how, how could you break it down for us? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, in addition to curiosity, the second thing that we look for is just attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll say this, if you're sloppy, don't bother. If, you know, if, sort of almost good enough is good enough for you. This isn't the right career. You know, big decisions. You know, we've been in charge of billion dollar decisions. And like, if you just sort of phoned it in and didn't quite do the, the, the work properly, companies will make billion dollar decisions on the back of what we're doing for them. So meticulous, detailed focus, you know, you're going to look at a number. And, and at one point in my career, somebody said to me, how did you catch that mistake? How did you you know, there was an error in the process. 
and I spotted it and we went back through the process and corrected it before the client ever saw it. And, and one of the staff that I was working with said, how did you know that? And it's just this sense that there's something that's not quite adding up. So, mm. you know, quantitative, curious, but then also it's a little bit of that mind of, you know, the interrogator or, you know, the, the person cross-examining the witness. You're trying to build a story as to how a marketplace or an industry works. And those little contradictions, you'll focus in on those and you'll either understand them, figure them out, or they'll identify a problem. So usually somebody who's meticulous, detail-oriented, needs to get to the bottom of things, needs it all to make sense, or they're not quite comfortable you know, saying um, anything to the client. Sure. So those kinds of people definitely excel within our industry. Um, and again, there are other roles within our industry for people who don't exactly have that extreme focus and detail orientation. But for a market research analyst, it, it, it determines your success or failure. Well, we are going to have to take a little bit of a break uh, during our conversation here with Dan Coates. Dan is the president of Youth Pulse, as well as a board member for the Council of American Survey Research Organizations. If you want to listen to this conversation continue, go over to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. Up in the upper left-hand corner, type in, I want to be a market research analyst, and part two should come up for you right there. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts, shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. 